Hey beauty business babe, my name is Kelly Callahan. I'm a corporate dropout turned beauty business CEO. I started my journey seven years ago with the last $2,000 in my pocket and a huge vision to succeed. Since then, I've been able to grow my small mobile spray tanning business into a half a million dollar international business. I'm here to share my knowledge so you too can create more income and have more freedom. Because if I can do it, I know that you can do it too, sis. Let's get glowing. Hello, hello, you guys. Welcome to the Beauty Business Babes podcast. My name is Anna, and I am here today with Stephanie Pierce. If you are a spray tan artist, you probably know her, the one and only. We are so excited to chat with you day about the process of building out her salon. So if you have ever dreamt of starting your own salon, building your own salon, growing your team, this is the episode for you. It is going to be full of all of her wonderful wisdom. I'm so excited to chat with you today, Stephanie. How are you doing? I'm doing so good. How are you? Good, good. I'm so excited to have you here and talk about the process of building your salon. But before we get into that, because I know it's been a process. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into that, why don't you go ahead and let our listeners know who you are, what you do, all that good stuff, and then oh, we'll dive. Awesome. Yeah, well, I'm so excited to be on the BBB podcast. I'm so excited because um yeah, I've known Kelly for years. Um, so my name's Stephanie. I own the Bronze Collective in Alexandria, Virginia, which is the DC area. It's just um, just short of DC by a few miles, but we're in Northern Virginia. Uh, I've been in the industry for a very long time, over 14 years now. I honestly don't even know how long at this point, but, um, I recently moved actually my business over 5,000 miles. And then after just about two years, um, opened my own very own salon location in the area. And we had to do a full build out, um, for that. So that was an interesting experience. Um, uh, but now we have a salon that um, does close to a thousand appointments a month. In the month of May and June, we reached almost a thousand. I'm trying to break a thousand appointments one month for a record, but we'll see if that will actually happen. Um, and uh, we have four four tanning rooms and a separate area for teeth whitening. Uh, and our four rooms are bumping. Um, Every single day, except Tuesdays, is are a little bit slower for us. But Wednesdays through Fridays and even Saturday, we have all, all four rooms um, serving up some spray tans. So we're so excited. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing. A thousand spray tans in a month. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be fair, it's a thousand appointments. We do do teeth whitening, too. So probably 40 of those are teeth whitening, you know, but obviously <laughs> most are spray tans. Yeah. Mostly spray tans. That's yeah. amazing. So with doing that kind of volume, what does your team look like? How many girls do you got working for you? How many yeah. girls do you, you know, hire on at this new place? Or did you bring them from your previous location, which was yeah. a sole on suite, right? Yeah. So, um, we were in a Sola salon suite before I actually started off in my house here. I had a little studio in my house 
quickly outgrew that, got our Sola Salon suite. Uh, we just got a, a basic room there, quickly outgrew that, and then had to be put on the wait list for a second room because this location we were in was just really popular. And so we didn't get a second room for like seven or eight months. So we had a second Sola Salon suite. Um, and I had a staff of three at the time, including myself. We did add a fourth for a little bit. Um, and then once we started looking for a new salon, once we realized quickly, we we're going to need more space. Like we need our own space. Um, and which takes a very long time to negotiate and build out and do all the things. Um, once we got close to the end of the process, I, I trained two more employees and kind of fed them into fed them into our schedule in Arlington, which was where other location was in our suite, um, for about a month until we, uh, moved in here. So once we opened here, we had a team of six and now we're a team of seven. So I have six employees plus myself. That's amazing. I love that. And I know you mentioned you started out in your home. Yeah. Moved, right? So what's that timeline been? I know you were in Hawaii before, right? Yeah. So when did you move to where you are now? And how long were you? I know you weren't in your home very long, but how long yeah. did you face? And so what? I moved here, unfortunately, right when COVID hit, it was like the worst ever right when COVID hit. Um, but luckily I was still a high school teacher. So I was teaching. So I still had a steady income. Thank God. Um, cause that would have been really scary having no clientele and just being a spray tenner. Cause I didn't have a single client moving here at all. I moved over 5,000 miles. I COVID COVID hit. So by the time we could really actually do services, I mean, and it was pretty strict here in this area. I know it was a little different in the South, like, but here people were really, I mean, they still are, you know, cautious about it, but with COVID, you know, I, I, I probably did a few clients and then everything shut down. And then when we were able to really reopen in like April, let's see, March, April ish, like late April, May, probably around May. Uh, we were, do you remember when we were doing phases with COVID? Like this is phase one, the really important people can go back to work, you know, or the important business, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. There was like phase two and then phase three or something like that. Well, I opened our salon with phase one in August. So I had just moved here in January. We were basically shut down almost that entire time, but I was still tanning people in my house. But by that time I already had established I needed to get a suite. So I opened that suite in, um, August of 2020. Awesome. And then you moved into your new salon when, um, we just moved in this year, 2023. I so, love it. Yeah. So we had one room for like a year. Then we had two rooms for about a year. And then it took a while just to get this space rolling. And um, by the time we got in here, now we have four tanning rooms and we've only been in here six months. And I really wish we had five. We actually need, I, I, I really need more space already, but there's nowhere else to go. And <laughs> I signed a five-year lease here, so I'm going to be here a while, but um, I'm already, you know, there's already things once you move in, you're like, oh yeah, I wish I would have kind of done this differently and this differently, but our location is incredible. It's like, you can't even beat this location, but we really need a fifth tanning room. Um, but for now, four tanning rooms will have to do. 
for the next five years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I know you've mentioned a couple times here and there about, you know, the process of first of all, outgrowing the spaces you were prior. So I would love if you could like touch on, you know, how you knew it was the time to move on to bigger and better. And then also the second part of that is just the location. You keep saying, you know, you found a great location and I would love to hear kind of what your requirements for a good location was, especially in like a metro area. I feel like it can be know exactly what's convenient for you and your clients and your staff. And like, so how did you kind of figure out it was time to move and where to move to? Yeah. Well, I knew it was time to move when we had an astronomically long wait list. And I was, that was kind of actually my topic at Slate of Spray last year, like how to build and grow your clientele. And our wait list just kept getting longer and longer and longer. And we were working so many hours a day and we were fully booked every day. And we just kept growing and growing and growing. And at a point where you can't fit in clients or where you're just getting burnt out and you're having to turn people away, that's probably, a, that's a good sign that It's time to either add an employee if you're solo or get a larger space or both, you know. Um, But yeah, we just couldn't keep up with demand. Uh, I mean, honestly, it only took a few months and then we just started to really grow and grow. Word of mouth is huge and we couldn't keep up with the demand. So I knew that we needed more space and that second room helped a lot. And then, of course, I was like, well, I think four tanning rooms will be enough. And that, of course has been uh, so far, but we even had a wait list, um, busy season when we opened here, but, um, yeah, just not being able to keep up with people. And then, and then you have a lot of people who want to book last minute with spray tans and our regular clientele will had booked out weeks in advance because they knew the drill, but then you can't fit in new people. You know, when you're having to turn away new people so much, if you're not wanting to get a new location, or hire an employee, you need to go up on your pricing. You know, those are like your three options. So for me, we actually did all three. (laughs) We went up on our pricing, got hired some new gals and got a larger location as well. Wow. That is amazing. I just can't get over that wait list. (laughs) Honestly, me neither. It's crazy. It's crazy. A lot of people, a lot of other spray tan artists will say, you need to do shorter appointment blocks because you have such a long wait list, but it's like not even possible with us. Like we do 30 minute blocks and I'm like, even myself, I take that full time sometimes. I don't even know how people do shorter. And so we've like played around with doing shorter appointment blocks to fit in more people. But I mean, we're here so many hours a day and maybe one day we'll toy around with that. But for now it's, we don't have a wait list in slow season. You know, that's like our busy season. It's not like that all year round. Like right now we have openings even tomorrow, but um, yeah, it is very shocking. I remember taking several screenshots and I even posted the screenshots that slay the spray in my presentation. And I'm like, I promise I'm not making this up. It's insane. <laughs> that's amazing. So when you knew it was time to get your own space, And you were thinking about location. What did that look like for you? What were the questions, you know, you wanted to ask to the, you know, the buildings, the property managers, or just what were you looking for to find, you know, your perfect location? Yeah. 
Man, I know there's so many factors into it. So we really wanted to find somewhere close to where we were before, somewhat close, you know, um, not too far away since we had built a clientele in the area we're in. We needed somewhere with some type of parking, uh, maybe not like, you know, because here in the area, it's kind of like New York, Jersey, D.C. You don't have large parking lots or businesses like you do elsewhere. And that is like a needle in a haystack here. So we needed somewhere that at least had street parking or, um, you know, not anywhere where they had to, sh you know, really sh where there was literally no parking. Cause there are spots in our town that there's no, you can't even park on the street at all. And those spots were an option for us because with tanning, it's so quick in and out. Like when people go to get their hair done, they're probably willing to park in a parking garage and pay for three hours parking for a spray tan it's so different because it's such a quick service. So parking was key and location was key. And, um, we really wanted to be somewhere around uh, other businesses because we wanted to have signage where you could see our sign. Cause we were in a spot before that had, we had no signage. We we're in a salon suite. I mean, so the salon had signage, but it was really hard to find us. If people don't understand how salon suites work, it can be really confusing so that was a, a sh everyday struggle. So we wanted somewhere where we were easily seen. Um, and obviously price and square footage was a factor too. Because I already kind of had an idea of how much square footage I wanted based off the rooms I wanted and the size of the rooms we needed. And of course, price was a big factor because if someone was asking an astronomical amount and they weren't budging, that was a no for us. Cause of course you got to be able to afford to pay for it too. So yeah, those are the main things. Location is really important. And some people would, would probably argue it's maybe not as important because spray tan is a very destination. Like you, people are booking an appointment with you, but I'm telling you, if you're in an easily seen area, you do get more business because people walking by people see your sign, I mean, I can't even tell you how many people that come in. They're like, yeah, I saw your sign on the corner. I'm like, that's amazing because we never had that before. I mean, that's just one person that came to you. There's multiple people that are like, I saw your sign or, you know, I was down there getting ice cream because we're above an ice cream shop. And um, we were out there getting ice cream and saw your sign and things like that. So location really does help, um, even though spray tans are obviously for most people by appointment only. Right. I've had the same experience. I started out renting an office in like an office building, like a very traditional old school, like office building in my town. And I love the building because it's like an old theater, but it was not that easy to get to. Nobody knew yeah. the park. No one knew where to go in. And I like now that I'm in an actual salon, it's a lot different. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot different how people, you know, are able to find you um, and all of that stuff. So I totally yeah. 100% because it really does. I think location really matters because people like if they can get somewhere else more conveniently, they will like, yeah, you I totally agree. And you probably had instructions for your old place, how to find it and whatnot. And people still couldn't find it, you know, yeah. like, we would send out instructions at, to every single new person, physically text them instructions the day before, and they wouldn't read them. They wouldn't look at it. And 
it's so much easier now where we're much more easily seen. It just cuts back on the last minute calls, texts, where's your front door? Where, you know, where are you located? Things like that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah, no, it's, I hate that. I hate having to tell my clients where I'm located. I'm I know. just like, right here. I told you, but anyways, it's fine. Customers yeah. are part of the job, I guess. Hey, beauty business babe, have you thought about starting your very own spray tanning business? Or perhaps you've thought about bringing in spray tanning to your already existing beauty business. I wanna help you do that. Go to freespraytantraining.com to get your free 90-minute intro to Sunless training. This is going to teach you all of the juicy details about how you can start your very own spray tanning business or bring in spray tanning to your already existing menu. Go to freespraytantraining.com. I can't wait to see you guys there. So as far as, you know, you you found your perfect place, you've signed your lease, and then you had to do all the dirty work, right? So as far as, cause I'm guessing, what was your building before? Was it like a salon before, a warehouse? Yeah. Space? Well, it would have made it a whole lot easier if it was a salon. That's a whole nother challenge that you have when you, we were actually a yoga studio before. So you have to do what's called a change of use. If you're getting an existing place, which basically meant it was an open floor plan, but it had like wood floors in there. It was yoga. Like it was kind of made it easy to do the build out, but the permit process that made it difficult because we are doing a whole different business in there. Say it's an office space and now you're using it as a salon. You have to go through the city and do all this permits for that. But before you can even sign the lease, you have to negotiate the terms of the lease in what's called a letter of intent is what it's called. The letter of intent alone took six or seven months just to do. So then you get to the lease, which is like a 70 page document, sometimes up to 100 pages. And then you have an attorney. You don't have to, but you it's worth every penny. Look over that. And then the attorney, of course, will find things in those 70 pages. They're like, no, that you need to do this. They need to change this, this, blah, blah, blah. So then that attorney goes, our, my attorney goes back and forth with their attorney. And that takes another several months before you agree on verbiage in this 70 page document, which is insane because once you read over it, like an average person reading over it, you, all the verbiage in there, it's just like, what the heck does this even mean? Um, then you sign the lease and then you have to start the permit process, which is like so crazy. And I had actually hired someone to do that. If you have that ability to hire someone to do the permits for you, that's great. I actually did that. And I fired them four weeks in because they had not done a single thing. And we were trying to get in and get rolling to get our business there. Cause we had a wait list of hundreds and hundreds of clients, um, so then I ended up just taking over the permits myself all by myself. You have, I had an architect, I have an, I, you have to have an electrical engineer, you have to have a whole team, but basically they would compile everything and I would send it to the city. And I had direct contact with the city every time, which actually, if anyone's going to do it fast, they're not going to do it faster than me because it's my business. So I was like, at this point, I'm just doing it myself. I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to pay someone or find someone to do it. I'm going to do the permits myself, which kind of helped in a way because I had made a relationship with the city 
Um, and I had people who knew who I was every time I went in there and knew that I needed help, you know, with multiple things, then you, um, have to get your whole, um, you know, you have an architect get a floor plan for you. So the floor plan is like several pages long. You wouldn't even know how much goes into a floor plan. You have to do like a building floor plan, a mechanical floor plan, which is your HVAC and your, um, and then you have to have an electrical floor plan, which includes all of your outlets. So there's multiple floor plans, not just one floor plan. There's like several people in on this that do, well, we're in charge of electrical. We're in charge of showing where the rooms are going, where it's insane. So then you have to get that approved by all apartments at the city, departments at the city, which some of them take their sweet time. Um, and then they're never going to approve it the first time if they do, it's a miracle. So they'll find something, oh, you need to do this, this, and this. One issue we had was our mechanical floor plan. And what that is, is our airflow. And because we were changing our change of use from yoga, which is exercise, which is like a, actually an A use, we are now a B use. B use is typically business, like, um, you know, A is uh, more heavily populated. So gym, they had more people in here, but now we're building walls. So then we had to show that our airflow was adequate with the services we were doing, which we know in spray tan airflow is always going to be an issue. And of course, when you're submitting it to the city, it's typically like, you know, older males reading this and they're like a spray tan. What is that? You know, like, like, airbrush tanning so how does that work and you know so then you have to explain anyways airflow was an issue so the city required us to install a vent in the top of our ceiling you can see it right here my gosh so, so they came back and said your airflow is not adequate even though we gave them the specs for all of our spray guns and at the end they're like you have to install this uh, in the ceiling to suck out air, which honestly, in reality was great, um, in the long run, um, which 99% sure our spray guns do way more than that thing in the ceiling, but that actually sucks the air outside. So they required us to do that. Um, then basically when all your permits are approved, you can actually start to build and that's a whole nother issue in its own. But then when you start to build, you get the walls up, the studs, the walls, then you start to run into electrical issues, um, issues with plumbing, issues that you didn't know before because the builders, they can't, you know, once they start to pull walls down and they're like, have you, do you ever watch those HGTV shows where they're redoing homes and they're like, Ooh, we just found something in this old home. We need to call. That's like so true because especially in a build out, our building's also in a historical building. So that was a whole nother challenge. You find things that you didn't know were behind the walls and things uh -oh. like that. And so, <laughs> yeah, then you, then you get your build out done. And then once your build out's done, you have to do all these inspections. You actually have to do them throughout the build out. But then at the end, you have to do all these inspections, all the inspectors, different inspectors were coming. There's not one inspector for everything. You have to set it up with multiple, hoping that they'll actually show up you know, for what you scheduled. And then you pray to God that you pass. Um, and we ended up passing all of them. Then, then you have to have the fire chief come in. You have to worry about your fire alarms being in the correct place. Emergency lighting has to be in the correct place. 
You have to be able to see emergency lighting from all areas of the building in case someone's deaf and they can't hear the fire alarm. They have to be able to see lights, you know, things like that. So those are just things that inspectors look for and electrical. They'll literally go and test your outlets and see where they're placed and make sure they're placed properly and random things they looked at that I literally never thought they would, but, um, but yeah, that's like a general idea of how the process goes. And that's like over like a year. (laughs) So it's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now that everyone's super excited to build their own salon because it's so no. Um, oh my gosh. That is crazy. I would not have guessed like that. There's so much that goes into it. Do you think like, is your area notorious for being like a stickler for things? Or do you think that's just the way it is everywhere? I know sometimes with like different States, their board of cosmetologies have different like levels of, and so I'm wondering if like building out salons and other locations is like the exact same, maybe more difficult, maybe less difficult. Yeah. I know I've heard of other counties in our area that are like so backed up and so take a really long time. Luckily the county we're in is a smaller town. So they're honestly the permit process, it sounds bad, but wasn't as bad. But I know there's some counties because I have tons of spray tenders who've done a build out and I've heard stories with theirs where people never show up to do inspections or they can never get a hold of the city. My word of advice, just go up to the city, but be nice. You know, when you're there, like people don't answer their phone, they don't answer their emails, just go up there, you know, and build a relationship with those people. And I basically was like, this is my livelihood. I need help. Like, this is my business. I'm not like a multi-billionaire that has 17 locations. Like, this is my one salon. Please help me with this. And I basically told them too, like, I fired a permit guy. I'm doing it myself. (laughs) So um, I remember talking to one guy on the phone at the city who helped me so much. I mean, he helped me for like over an hour on the phone. I was like, can I email you a Starbucks gift card? (laughs) I literally asked him at the end. He was like, we're actually not able to accept gifts, (laughs) which I totally get. But I was like, no, 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 it'll just be free. You know, like there's something like, and he was like, we can't accept gifts. And I was like, oh, dang, I was just going to send you like a gift coffee or something gift card. But I get it. I'm sure people try and bribe them a lot. But um, yeah, I just say, say go up. I think it's just better to go up there in person, or if you're able to just have somebody do all the permits for you, that's amazing. Right. So what was it like, you know, when you, cause I'm guessing, I'm assuming that you kept doing spray tans at Sola until the day you were able to open. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, that so was interesting. And with your team. Did they, did you personally and your team help any of the salon stuff, like the final touches, the building walls, painting, anything like that? Or did your team just stay spray tanning and you outsourced all the building? Yeah, we pretty much outsourced it because it was not a whole lot we could do. We could have come in and done some of the painting, but honestly, we were so slammed. We had a team do our build out and actually in our most cities, especially a city that is historical, you have to have a license, someone who's licensed under the city to do the work. You can't just like hire your dad to come do the work, which honestly would have been great. I actually tried to do that too. 
Um, you have to have someone licensed and they have to be licensed with the city. It's a whole, and they check, they really do check. And we had an issue with that too. But yeah, we basically tan, tan, tan. And then we moved out and moved in within three days. We moved out on a Friday night and we were open for business on a Tuesday in our new location. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. It was insane. It was insane. I don't even know how we did it. Oh my gosh. That's incredible though. So I'm so happy for you and <laughs> mostly happy that you're, you're done at least for yeah. five years. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's nice. Now you can sit back quote unquote, relax, even though we really don't, but it does sound like a lot, but, um, once you're in, it's so worth it. And then you can all be, you know, under one roof, which being in a salon suite, you kind of like, didn't ever see your employees very much you're like, Hey girl, how's it going down there? You know, like, cause you're in separate rooms. So it's nice being together and, um, having your own space, you know, is really cool. And honestly too, a lot of spray tan artists, um, that I mentor and stuff don't realize that, what you pay for a salon suite, especially two rooms, you can pay a little bit more and get your own salon space. You know, it's not that much more. Yes, you're paying utilities and stuff, but everything's negotiable. And especially at a time right now where businesses generally are just online or work doing things from home, everything's negotiable. So it's really like not insanely that much more than a salon suite, especially if you have more than one salon suite, you know? Right. So with, you know, negotiating a new place, what kind of tips or advice do you have for that? Because I feel like when I hear the word negotiate, I'm like, no, (laughs) I totally, (laughs) oh my gosh. I know it's kind of nerve wracking. Well, I um, had a, um, not real estate attorney, um, commercial property attorney involved and also a commercial uh, real estate broker is very important. If you are looking for a space of your own, you need to have a commercial uh, realtor or a commercial broker. That is so important. So many people do not know that that it costs you absolutely nothing for a commercial real estate, uh, someone, um, just to come help you not like someone who sells homes for a living or not your client's best friend who just sold a home down the street. Someone who does commercial is so important because they will, they are your, the face of negotiating for you and business and properties will take you more seriously. If you have a realtor, a commercial realtor, um, representing you, um, because they know you're serious. They know the realtors done their due diligence, um, because you have to like show your whole freaking, they will know everything about you after this, because you have to send in bank records upon bank records upon your, spouse's bank records, your, um, social, not, well, they'll know your social security number, your, um, credit score. I mean, they know everything about you. So having a commercial realtor is really important because they will know the ins and outs of negotiating a lease, what needs to be in the LOI, how to negotiate it and what, and to get you a fair price. Because a commercial realtor is going to get paid from the closing costs. So basically when you close the deal, they're going to get a um, cut of the like first or and second month's rent, or that's not typically how it works. It's not always like that, but 
um, yeah, the actual owner of the building or the property, you know, those people are, are what's paying their cost. Um, and in the long run, it's just a lot better. And then people take you more seriously because I reached out to tons of people over while we were looking and I was just reaching out on my own. Well, they most of the time aren't going to give you the time of day. Maybe if you're in a smaller town, it's different. If you're in a bigger city, you need representation because people will actually listen to you. Right. Oh my gosh. It's so interesting that you said that because I've never built my own salon, but like, I would assume, you know, keep an eye out for your places and send in requests, but it makes total sense that you would have someone like doing that part for you. And it takes more off your plate, right? 1000%. It takes some off your plate. And obviously like you're still in on the negotiations, but just having someone representing you and knows the commercial world is a game changer because there's so many terms involved in a lease and then the owners, because you may not ever have contact directly with the owners of whoever you're negotiating with. Like me, never met them, never talked to them directly in my life, you know, because a lot of these people that own these large buildings are own hundreds of them. So they have, you know, people representing them. So, you know, I communicate through my commercial realtor who then communicates to their broker then the broker has to approve it with the owner. You know, it's a lot of going back and forth. So um, definitely having a commercial realtor is a game changer because um, they will know the ins and outs and be able to help you along the way versus doing it, you know, yourself. Because you can get a uh, rent abatement too. A lot of people don't realize that rent abatement is when you're open for business, you get free rent and you negotiate how long it is. So you, a uh, really big thing that a lot of my spray tanners friends never knew is like rent abatement. And that's because they didn't have maybe a commercial realtor helping them out and their landlord got off good because you didn't ask for rent abatement. Oh, you are going to be paying rent as soon as you sign the lease. Okay. And that lease and that build out can take months and months and months. So by you negotiating rent abatement and re negotiating rent abatement for when you are open for business is very, very important. Not when you are, um, not when you sign the lease, because when you sign the lease and when you're open for business are two totally different things. Even if you move into a space that already has rooms or already has a, you know, so you don't have to do a whole lot of renovations. There's still things that need to be done to have your salon open for business. You know, maybe you want to redecorate or maybe you have to move out of one space and move into the other. So rent abatement is something that a lot of people don't realize that a commercial uh, realtor can help you with. And also tenant allowance. Tenant allowance is something that a lot of people don't realize, but a commercial realtor will have a lot of knowledge in. And that is any type of renovation you're wanting to do, the landlord will pay for a portion of that if not all of it, if you get lucky, but you can basically calculate every single thing you want done to the salon. A really good tip is to actually get a real bid from a real contractor, you know, hey, this is what I want done and they're going to show you this is what's going to cost and get more than one bid, not just one, because they'll all come back completely different pricing. Like ours were like, over $30,000, $40,000 difference from each contractor. And we had three that gave us a bid. So just being able to, hey, this is how much I want to move into your space. 
I'm going to be doing improvements to your space. This is how much it's going to cost me to do everything I want to do. How much are you willing to um, provide for those renovations? Because I don't own this building, unfortunately. You know, with our next salon, we'll look into buying. But, you know, your first time leasing a salon or even just in general, leasing a salon is um, a lot of work and is still a really big move. But I don't own this building. So the landlord should be giving you some type of funds in order to help you with, um, you know, putting in the floors you want to put in, putting in new paint and putting in, you know, all that because you're making their building look better. You are improving their building and you're improving their space that you don't own. So that is really important tenant allowance because that's a game changer for a build out when you, um, are completely moving into your own space, which can cost, you know, upwards to a hundred thousand dollars or more. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had no idea of either of those things. <laughs> yeah. No, worries. so many people don't, but those are like two things that will help you a lot. Rent abatement for us is huge. We actually got six months rent abatement and I was able to negotiate it at when we were open for business, not. So that's a really good term that like your commercial realtor will catch in the lease. Like most, the landlord's going to want it to be, you know, once you sign the lease, yeah, we'll give you three months rent free. Well, guess what? A build out's going to take at least six. So, oh no, I'm sorry. I actually want it to be when I'm open for business, you know, when I'm open for business, then my rent abatement starts, not during the build out, because then you're going to be caught paying two rents if you're in another salon suite and then you're building out this salon. If you don't negotiate that, you're going to be paying double rent and that's a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, you have shared so many amazing tips for people wanting to build their own salon. And I'm sure by the end of this, people are feeling educated, possibly a little overwhelmed. So can you <laughs> like, you know, a solid good win or just something that, you know, you loved about the process or, you know, something you're really, obviously you're really proud of what you built and, you know, the end result is the amazing business and salon that you have now, but what other parts of the journey were actually, you know, like pretty fun or exciting, um, to wrap this up? Yeah, definitely getting open is so exciting because when people come in your new space, they'll be like, Oh my gosh, this looks amazing. Like, and people, your clients will be so proud of you, especially the clients that have been with you from day one. Um, and just being able to decorate and pick things out and finally be open and finally having it all done is totally worth it. It does seem like a lot, but if you have people in the industry who know what they're doing, like a commercial realtor, things like that, it helps a ton versus just doing it blindly. Um, but yeah, just being open for business and having people see the space because even we've been open for about six months, but you'll have clients come in who you only see, you know, maybe once or twice a year. And even six months later, they're like, oh my gosh, I, this is my first time to the new location. It looks incredible. This is so cool, you guys. And then, of course, word of mouth. And then you get more and more clients from there. So, yeah, it's absolutely fun. And it's fun seeing, you know, the employees love the space and us being able to enjoy it, too. I love that. Yay! So exciting. So much amazing 
I mean, just like what a journey it has been for you, but super exciting. And thank you so much for taking the time to share all the nitty gritty about building your own salon. Um, I think that my biggest takeaway so far is that it truly takes a village. And so I'm happy you have that. And I, my advice just from what I've learned here today to anyone listening is get your village, find your people who are (laughs) and help because you, you ain't doing it alone anymore. (laughs) Serious. All righty. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time to share with our listeners. Go ahead and tell us where we can find you on. Yes. You can find me on Instagram. Spray tans by Stephanie is where you can reach me or our salon, the bronze collective underscore. Thank you so much. You guys, if you have questions, please feel free to reach out. I'll send you a voice message. Um, most likely because I voice memo everybody. And yeah, if you have questions, let me know. Awesome. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thanks, Anna. I am so sad that the episode is over, but we can still connect even further. Head on over to Facebook and add yourself to the Beauty Business Babes Facebook group. We have 9,500 women from all around the world that are in the beauty industry. And I promise you, it's not like other Facebook groups. We are high vibe, energetic, and we are definitely there to help one another out. I can't wait to see you there.